Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We're coming to you live from Melbourne. And today, it's Glenn here. Welcome. Thanks for listening. We're doing a My Millennial Story with Lauren Farmer. She's a listener of the podcast. She has listened for many years and it's just great to chat with so many of you who listen to the podcast and if you think you've got a good story and you want to have a chin wag flick us an email team at sortyourmoneyout.com if your story stands out we might have a chat if it doesn't stand out we might have a chat anyway we'll see but today we're talking with Lauren Frama from Melbourne. Lauren, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, Glenn. Now, a shout out to Global X. Global X, formerly ETF Securities, they're our newest show partner here on My Millennial Money. You'll hear a bit more about Global X this year on a Thursday. Global X provide a variety of different thematic ETFs that you can plug into your investment portfolio. To learn more, you can head to globalxetfs.com.au. And I just want to personally thank Global X for getting behind My Millennial Money this year to really help us bring financial literacy to the masses here in Australia. So thanks, Global X. We'll hear a bit more from Global X in the coming year. Now, are you ready to have a chat about all things you and money and life? Yeah, go for it. All right, well, let's get it on, peeps. So, Lauren, give us a snapshot of who you are. Mm-hmm. and try not to say what you do for work. I know. I'm trying so hard in my life to do that as well. I'm Lauren from Melbourne, born and bred. I have been on a bit of a journey the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, I'd say I'm a Melbourne gal on the cusp of Gen Z, yeah. millennial. Um, so does that make you 25, ooh, 24? Close, 26. 26. Okay, yep. cool, cool, cool. Yeah, but I definitely like identify as a millennial. Yeah. Yeah. I think the fringe ages there, you get a bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm, well, I don't, I'm just basically a boomer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know. I've skipped Gen X. My, I'm just a boomer now. One of my bosses is like Gen X, uh, Gen X millennial. And yeah. he was so mad that I gave him shit for that. Yeah. Um, hello mm, boss. Hello boss. <laughs> okay. So you've been in Melbourne forever. Yeah. Do you um, have any hobbies or interests? Yeah. What are they? Yeah. Um, love yoga, love hiking. Yeah, like I guess active side of those things, but also just the like peaceful side of those things too. Um, what else do I like to do? I don't know, just normal things. Just live. Hang out with friends, hang out with family. Yeah. Watch TV. What was stuff. What was family like growing up? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, I got my parents... Uh, both still together, twin sister. Oh, you um, are, are you? Yeah, fraternal. Wow. Um, yeah, she actually put me onto uh, my millennial money too. So uh, thanks, Heidi. Yeah, on your Heidi. Um, and then my baby brother Jared, who's he's twenty one, but he's yeah. still he's still the baby of the family. Yeah, and how's mm. money been growing up in in a household like yours? Yeah, I mean it's been like fine. We didn't like, necessarily talk about it, but it was. From my perspective, it was always things are taken care of, like we're doing fine, you don't need to worry about it. Um, And yeah, I think from listening to the podcast and doing my own sort of research into it, I've started having some conversations with mum and dad to ask them, you know, what they've done. Um, Yeah. Did you get pocket money growing up or? Yeah. 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 So we did, we did chores. I think we started off at like Three dollars a week when we were really young, like feed the dog, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think at one point it got to like ten dollars a week, but we were doing so many we were chores. Painting the house, we were resealing like the driveway, cleaning the house, yeah. like laundry, <laughs> washing, um, ironing. That one weekend we had to replace the foundations. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah, yeah. not not that far, but <laughs> I've yeah for a good few weeks. Although it didn't last because we ended up like ruining everything. Like yeah. I think my sister spilt uh, spilled bleach on the carpet. Gosh. I think I ruined one of Mum's tops ironing. So, so yeah. okay. So 
why did you start listening to My Millennial Money to start with? Yeah, I think I just, it was an area of my life where I was like, oh, it'd be great to have more money, but I really didn't know how someone does that. Mm. Um, so it was more of a, I want to start learning about this. Um, yeah, like so I listened to the podcast, The Sugarless Guy, read that book. Yeah, and then just started actually talking to friends and, you know, colleagues about it. Mm. And when you left school, mm. what did you do when you left school? Went straight to uni. Okay, and what did so we study? I did a bachelor degree of uh, stage management. So um, it was at VCA, one of the colleges here. It's, yeah, it's a really weird degree name, but it's like Bachelor of Fine Arts, Production, Stage Management. So I feel like there's so many different levels. Yeah. Um, so that was three years. Um, and then from there, I just got struck uh, straight into work, got yep. um, booked pretty quick, which was great. So yeah. when you um, mm. finished studying and, you know, working, yeah. so what were you doing then and are you still doing it now? Yeah. So I started off doing, I'm not still doing it now yep. is the end, at the end to that question. Um, but yeah, I started with doing some sort of event works um, and then eventually, you know, got some short stage management gigs. So in like live theatre, musical theatre, those contracts started getting longer. So instead of something for, you know, a month to like three months, it was more six months to a year. So how does that yeah. work? Are you employed by the theatre company or does the production employ you or contract the you for the The production period? employs me. Right. Yeah. So how yeah. do you get jobs through agencies or do no, you have to? So yeah, so uh, performers have agencies, so lucky for them, but yeah. for the rest of us, it's try and get a production manager's email or a contact you know, weigh in, get to know stage managers and workers and assistants. So, mm. um, yeah, it's basically word of mouth. And then also if you do a good job, they'll recommend you to someone else that's looking yeah. for work. Yeah. Um, so it can be kind of tricky to get into, but, um, yeah, it's actually a great time to get in now if anyone's interested because they're very low on workers. They've kind of had a mass exodus. Well, the mm. theatre industry with COVID would yeah. reset, right? Yeah, absolutely. It was, you know two years of not much work at all. Mm. Um, and everyone and then, maybe had to go get other jobs and haven't gone absolutely, back. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, haven't gone back. I think some people also like, and I know this for myself, like oh, go, we'll go into it more later, but yeah. my values just, I realised my values had changed a lot, my right. identity had changed a lot because I had time to think while I wasn't working so many hours. Like yeah. I could actually do some self-work and just, mm. yeah, not just be a mindless busy person. So mm. what do you do now for work? Mm. So I work uh, as a practice manager at a psychology clinic. Oh, cool. Yeah, completely changed course. What? Not necessarily because yeah. stage management, you are a project manager. Yeah. It's yeah. the, the same project every night. Yeah. But there's still variables every night because things can go wrong. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it's still like organisation, problem solving, people skills, but yeah, just, um, yeah, I guess mental health instead of uh, theatre. Yeah. Now, when it comes to money, would you say you're a spender or a saver or a bit of a blend? I think I'm a bit of a blend, which I know you hate that answer, but (laughs) I definitely used to be a saver. Like Mm. I really felt a lot of guilt um, spending money. So then I, but then once I like set up an account that I put all my like free reign spending money into. Mm. That's been great. I've, yeah, I I kind of have a like tap on, tap off. Like sometimes I'll save all that spending money for ages, saving up for something good or just can't, don't, not really interested. But I go through phases where like once I buy one thing, it kind of opens a bit of a floodgate. Yeah. So I actually think at the moment I'm definitely more of a spender. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And are you at the moment, what's your living arrangements? Yeah, so living in a share house. Yeah. Um, so me and my partner, um, who we, we've been together for, I think, seven years, coming up to eight, so ages. Wow. Yeah, and then we've got a maid of ours that we've been living with for like four or five years. Um, my younger brother's moved in too. He's filled up. He used to, we used to be with another friend, but he's kind of moved on and then my little brother's moved in. So, yeah. yeah. So why, like, is your partner working? Yeah, not at the moment. So he, you know, historically has been. Um, he got uh, made redundant. Right. Uh, some point last year, I think mm. August. Um, so yeah, he's looking for work at the moment. So we're about to 
start looking for our own place. Yeah, I was going to um, say like because the share yeah. house thing, it's good while you're getting established. But yes. it comes to a point where it's like we would like our own space. Absolutely. And we've yeah. already hit, reached that point yeah. sort of in the last few months. Um, yeah, so we're just waiting for him to get back on his feet. Like he's doing a bit of soul searching to find what he wants to do next. Um, so, yeah, once he has a job, we'll start applying. Um, mm. Yeah, and then go from there. What tips have you learned Um in relation to managing money and share house. Like mm. if someone was listening and they might be moving out of home for the first time into a share house, yeah. what are you telling them? Okay, we've got a great system. Mm. Uh, I I like to call myself the organiser director of the house. Uh, so house manager even. House manager, yeah. yeah. Um, so we have like we've got a joint bank account, so we're all on there. Um, really? We, yeah, yeah. And you, you like kind of need to trust each other because mm. anyone can go in and just withdraw all the money. But also like you're only putting in enough for rent, mm. some bills. So it's not like, I don't know, it's not crazy. Yeah. I think it's just a good way for everyone to have some ownership over like making sure rent's in, like seeing what house expenses there are. It just keeps it really... I think it's easier to organise, but it also keeps it transparent. Yeah, but it'd be an admin nightmare, wouldn't it? Everyone, all right, go down the bank, sign up or how it's, do you Yeah, do it sucks to get it set up because yeah. you've all got to be there. You've all got to have your IDs. So yeah. actually, yeah, the hardest thing is finding a time when everyone's free and available. Um, but once that happens, it's all sorted. Everyone gets a card. So like we put all our like toilet paper, um, I don't know, spices, whatever you want to share as a house, cleaning products. And then... Yeah, then everyone can just, you know, put it on that. And you like, yeah, If we've been lucky because everyone's trustworthy and um, mm. yeah. Um, but yeah, you could have someone that just goes and like buys their own crap. Yeah. But I think you'd pretty, you'd, you'd realise pretty quick. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Okay, mm. so you do the shared bank account. Yeah. And what else is it? Some, what are some good tips? Yeah, I think... Um, this is probably more of like the people, ever, us all getting alongside yeah, of it. totally. I think having a like big chat with all of you before you, either before you move in or maybe the first couple of weeks, just chatting about expectations about like, you know, for example, paying rent, like when are we all going to have our rent in? If you can't pay rent for like a certain week, how do you go about that? You know, giving notice, all that mm, stuff. Yeah. Um, but even things like, expectations of doing like all the cleaning, that sort of thing. Like we've got a roster. It's quite, it's quite regimented. How many um, in the share house? Four. The, yeah, there's four at the moment. The most yeah. we've had is five and it's always been me and like three or four dudes. Yeah, so okay. basically I made this plan to make sure I wasn't, you know, being the mum of the house, doing all the cleaning, mm. um, doing all the organising because I know that my threshold is like lower than everyone else's. So I'll be the one. Yeah. Either nagging or, yeah. Yeah, you don't like living in filth as much as the next person. No, no, but it's yeah. worked really well. Like I actually think I'm the messiest in the house now. Like, yeah, yeah it wasn't always that way, but yeah. yeah. And what do you think is the biggest financial achievement that you've made to date? Mm, probably getting my insurance done. Really? In hindsight. Really? Yeah, I'm very proud of it. I like felt like such an overachiever like when I got it. Like I remember even after I got sick before doing the claim, mm. I was like, why did I do that? It's so silly. Like I should have just waited till I was 30. Yeah, but wow. now I'm very happy. Okay. Though. Well, yeah. we will talk about mm. that after the break. Mm. And I, I didn't think that would be a big financial achievement, but I think yeah. in hindsight it is, but it not is. at the time. Yeah. Not at, definitely not at the time. Okay. Yeah. What are you working towards as a financial goal at the moment? I... I'm at the moment, I'm actually staying away from goals. I feel like I'm in a bit of a, like, I've just hit pause on a lot of things, mm. focusing on the basics. Um, I also think that, like, I kind of have an unhealthy relationship with goal setting. Like, I think I've gone a bit hard and that's, mm. you know, part of the reason I think why I got sick. Mm. Um, so at the moment, I'm just kind of actually enjoying what's in front of me, not looking too far ahead um, but yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because when I did our like new year, new you and all mm. that crap, like mm. all that episodes at the start of January, yeah, I was like, and it changed for me as well, like we don't always need a financial goal. Mm. And if you've, mm. if you've gone so hard and then, you know, you're allowed to have a break. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like, you know, when I got sick, I... Um, it had to really pause, press pause on my life. I had so much time to myself to think and mull things over. Um, and I, like, I made some good changes in my life, but I feel like I'm so much can, more content, happier now. Um, 
not having goals, not continually trying to better myself because I'm like, oh, this is all actually okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hmm. we won't tell people because we'll like tease it out yeah. as a thing or Keep like what the sickness was. Yeah. But before you got sick and you mentioned it before, mm. what would you say were some of the key values in your life that had to be – Yeah. Or that you did re redefine almost? Yeah. So I think – I mean, I kind of think of them as like more false values. It was things that I thought I wanted but I just hadn't actually thought about it. It was like working really, really hard. Um, like I was really focused on um, like trying to do more education, more learning to – um, not only to like eventually get a promotion, but also diversify, mm. um, like, you know, maybe do a side hustle, that sort of thing. Also like in the health side of things too, like I was really into meal prepping and it was like, I'd spend so many hours a week when I was already working so much. Um, and I just didn't really like budge on that. Yeah. Um, and like exercise, like I was exercising like most days um, like I wouldn't say it was necessarily like super unhealthy, like it wasn't a mental health issue. It was just more like I was addicted to like being motivated and mm. having to self-improvement really. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating because at the time of this episode going live, our book Sort Your Career Out and Make More Money is now live and available and it's out today. I kind of talked about always be learning. Now you said that was like a goal of yours, mm. but I think as we – to get older and experience life. And part of that experiencing life for you was illness. Mm. But the more life we experience, the more we realise, oh, why was I pushing that hard in such a short time frame? Mm. This is a journey. And even if yeah. you go, you know what, I've got no goals for the next year. I'm just chilling. I'm keeping mm. out of debt. I'm just living. You can always, you know, I mentioned that like you should always be learning as a human thing. Now, that doesn't mean you should always be enrolled in a uni course every year. It could be an online course of interest. I purchased a book, an audio book called Soil. I think his name was Matthew someone and just learning about soil or weird stuff. But it doesn't always have to be go, 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 learning, 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 mm. Australian qualification framework level X or whatever. So, yeah, it's interesting that you've had that moment about, oh, wow, my life is more than the tasks and the goals yeah. that I tick off week on week. That's exactly right. Yeah, it was like I was putting so much time and effort into looking forward and preparing for the next step. Mm. But I actually like like when I redid my values and actually thought about it, I was like everything I'm doing has nothing to do with what I actually want in life. Like it was completely different direction. I was just, you know, caught up. Yeah. Um, you know. And that's what, like I'm probably against quote unquote hustle culture. Mm. I think you need to be disciplined and focus at specific times to achieve something. Like if you want to start a business, sure, there's going to be some long days and some, you know, a bit of a pinch and a hustle for a short amount of time. But mm. why are we all hustling just for the sake of hustling? Yeah, absolutely. Because you just get burned out, right? Yeah, well, yes, Yeah. absolutely. And yeah. like, so for me in this podcasting business and all that stuff, so many people ask me, oh, what's next for the podcast? What's next for you? I'm like, nothing, nothing mm. is next because, you know, we spent the last 12 months, you know, culling stuff that wasn't working. And I would use the same amount of energy to record a business episode, but we just didn't have the market for that audience. I would love to do a business podcast. But for me, the energy that I expel has to have the reward mm. to reflect that energy. Otherwise, Absolutely. I just have all these projects for the sake of doing it mm. and not all of them are having a, a return and as much as, you know, I want to help 200 small business owners, the size of our platform and all that, it's just, there's a trade-off where if I do energy and make a really good podcast like we are doing today mm. and keep doing My Millennial Stories, there is more of an upside return because there can be thousands of people that can be encouraged mm. from these types of chats. So, mm. I've been through this journey as well, like mm. less hustle, less – actually, where's my phone? I was going through an audio book. Uh, I was going through my books on the Apple app just this morning. I purchased a book. Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Ooh. Comer. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. So the 
the um, the title is called "How to Stay Emotionally Healthy and Spiritually Alive in the Chaos of the Modern World." So, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm stealing the show from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I all get, I'm I get what you're putting down. Yeah, yeah. like people need to hear this crap because mm. I'm going through this as well. Slow yeah. down. Be focused. Yeah. And being focused doesn't mean I've got no directional goals. Mm. It means I'm focusing on actually resting in this couple of months or this yeah. year or whatever. Absolutely. I kind of like to think of it, I think, as, you know, seasons. Like it's so fine to have like a sort of a sprint season. You're working on something in particular. There's some extra grunt put in. But you also need some slower times to actually like I think enjoy all the hard work that you have been doing. Mm. Um yeah, you can't just sprint to the finish line for years and years on end. Like, yeah, it doesn't... You, you, it's a marathon. Yeah, you'll burn yourself out. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they say um, that book, The Tortoise and the Hare, mm. turtle wins mm. every time. It's wild. Mm. It's crap. Yeah. The fast one should win. Yeah, not the case. Yeah. I'm so pissed off because I, I'm usually the hare in most yeah. of my endeavors yeah. like go, 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 and then oh, I'll just wait here, chill. I don't need to yeah. keep focused. But as I've got older, I've realised slow, consistent, boring, yeah, always delivers. Yeah, and it also gives you the opportunity when you slow down to like mm. check your trajectory and if you need to change course, then do that. Yeah. And without feeling guilty. Yes. Did you yeah. feel much shade yeah. when you changed careers? Not so much when I changed careers because I knew like it was – there was just no way I was going to go back. Like mm. it was, I'd feel like, I didn't like, I left on good terms, but yeah. I like had set fire to the bridge behind me a bit oh. in my brain. Yeah, yeah, In my yeah. brain, not yeah. outward. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did feel a lot of shame in like, particularly when I stopped work, like mm. not being able to keep working. And, you know, even when I got home, like I felt like I was, you know, falling behind um, in, you know, my savings, falling behind in my like career, all that. But yeah, but it is like I've seen so much value in having to slow down. So in hindsight, I'm quite happy that this has all happened to me. Yeah. Um, like I wouldn't wish it on someone else, but like, yeah, I think my life is going to be so much better for it. Mm. What would you tell somebody if a friend of yours said, hey, I feel like I've, I'm running around in circles. I'm always go, go, go. I don't feel I have direction. I feel things are sloppy. I feel chaos. Mm. Like what would you tell someone? I'd probably tell them to take a good month off, maybe more. Really? If they can, like yeah. whether that's long service leave, um, whether you just use up, you know, a hippie annual or whatever. Um, have a long staycation or I think a, so. yeah. and eat, pray, love in Bali. I or, think so. Well, yeah. like do, like if you go away, just don't jam pack it full of sightseeing and activities. Mm. Like you need to spend some time being bored letting your brain mull things over. But I think like, you know, even doing some values work, like I know there was, I learned about that on the uh, career podcast, uh, My Millennial Career. Um, I think it was one where they had Shanna Kennedy. Yes, yes. Yeah. In fact, the opening chapter mm. of Sort Your Career Out and Make More Money is yeah. on values. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, because it's like you can be going so hard at something mm. And you're wondering why your life's out of sync. Mm. And I said this on a podcast that I was on uh, just the other day. It's like your, your value might be trust and authenticity, but you're working mm. with a den of thieves day in, day out, thieves and lies. Yeah. Any wonder you hate life. Absolutely. Because most of your life you're in an yeah. environment that doesn't align with what you value. Absolutely. Well, that was my case. Like I did, um, like I think on – you know, New Year's Eve uh, last year, 2021 going into 2022, I did that, mm. you know, in the midst of being sick, whatever. And I was like, that was a turning point for me. That was like, oh, literally my job is stopping me achieving what I actually want in life. So then, yeah, I made, you know, the decisions I made. But yeah, I think if you're burnt out, feeling muddled, take time off to rest mm. and also to reflect. But rest yeah. is a big one too. You need to do nothing for a bit. Yeah. And we mm. talk about in the career book and it's such a good, I'm glad we're talking to you today because what you've been through in the reset really lines up with a lot of the messaging that we do talk about in the book. Mm. There is a story of someone who had a career break. Granted, it can be a very privileged position to have the financial means to do that. But if you can't do that, can you look at doing some other things, talking with your employee like, hey, can I cut down 
part-time for a short time or just to take your foot off mm. the gas to give yeah. yourself some breathing space. Yeah. And I think all this comes back around to, you know, the sound financial house. Let's make sure we don't have consumer debt because that is a payment that will stop you from taking time off maybe. Yeah. Absolutely. Make sure you have a good spending plan and budget. What I want – actually, I want to ask you, mm. are you much of a reader? Yeah. Have you yeah. read any good books lately? Not lately. I um, – yeah, again, I used to listen to audiobooks constantly. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, now I'm not. Yeah. I've actually been listening to um, The Hobbit audiobook. Oh, nice, nice. I've gone on a fiction um, – Love it. Rampage? Again, actually, yeah. A fiction rampage. Yeah. Just trying to like, yeah, actively not learn, find some enjoyment. So I've got two mm. audiobooks that I've downloaded that I need to start and I will start on the plane back from Melbourne mm. tomorrow. That first one, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, but also Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. So that's what I'm looking at. Mm. I read – Um, I remember reading – Sapiens. Oh, yeah. uh, that one's a great one. Yeah, Loved I've, it. I've it took a while to get through. I kept falling asleep. Yeah. I always listen to it on the plane yeah. um, and then I would always fall asleep. <laughs> anyway. I've got so many downloaded that I want to listen to, but I've just hit a big fat pause. No, that's all good. Well, we might um, take a quick break and then we'll come back. Um, oh, did you want, before we talk yeah. about your journey with your mm. illness, mm. do you invest in anything other than your superannuation? Mm-hmm. Yep. As in yep. employer contributions? Yeah. So I've got some uh, shares, uh, ETFs. Yeah. Yeah. I always go to say EFTs and yeah. then I've got to think which one's which. Yeah. One's which. yeah. I got a couple of ETFs. So awesome. I've got like 5K split across two. Yeah. Awesome. What um, ETFs? Um, One of them is Vanguard. I think it's just the Oz Australian yeah, one. Yeah. VAS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I've got AFI as well. Because yeah, I've read. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, the shoeless, shoeless guy? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, okay. It's actually been doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it will, been steady. So why did you um, invest in Afik? Is uh, it just because he just mentioned it? Yeah. He mentioned it. It was a recommendation. I didn't really know where to start. Like yeah. I knew I wanted to do ETFs. Yeah. Because um, I wanted the set and forget. I wanted something that was pretty safe. Mm. Um, yeah. But I wanted to get two that were kind of different. Like one that I guess it's more of a bit of a slow burner. Um yeah, I don't know. I just mm. picked two, went with it. Yeah, yeah. Because, mm. yeah, two different portfolios. One's mm. a, a uh, listed investment company, mm. which is effectively actively managed. And the other one, you're just buying the index. There you go. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think I knew that or I did. I forgot it. Yeah, well, that's it. You'll have to read uh, yeah. my other book. I will. Well, chapter I've got five it. And six. Yeah. I've got your other book, um, but I actually haven't read it because uh, I got it for Christmas, got sick. Yeah. And then, yeah. Cool. All mm. right. Well, that's cool. And. Mm. You know, when you move out of the share house, looking to buy a home or rent with your partner to So, start just with? rent to start with. Mm. We were like on track to getting a house deposit, but it's been it's been a financially troubling few years. It like really has, yeah. Working in arts in COVID and then getting sick. Yeah. Um, we've just kind of been treading water a bit. Um, yeah, just like very happy we don't have to borrow money or anything. Yeah, what's your relationship with consumer debt? I've never had any. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah. Try not to have any. How do you and your mm. partner share money, um, if at all? We recently just kind of consolidated. So we kept it pretty separate. Um, part of that was more that we both kind of had our own systems. Uh, also, I was like working interstate a lot. So it just, we were living quite independently. So yeah. it just didn't really make sense. But yeah, we actually recently um, combined a lot of our savings um, good, good for him at the moment without working. Yeah. Oh, actually, his savings are better than me because right. his last job, he got um, long service leave paid out. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right. We've been kind of like opposite sugar daddying each other yeah, like, yeah. just over the last, you know, two years. Oh, it's been really right. funny. Comes yeah. out in the wash. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah okay. So you recently mm. merged. All right. Well, let's set this teaser up after the break. You will hear Lauren's illness, recovery and financial story. You're listening to Australia's Most Wanted, the true crime podcast. <laughs> if you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So I just wanted to prep this. The reason that Lauren is sharing her story today, is Phil Thompson from Sky Wealth shared an interview that you did with him and you just you were sharing your story. And I'm like, hmm, why is this like young person got income protection? And it's such a like, it's just not normal. Like, because we're often told in the money world, like you should save, you should invest. And for me in particular, you know, with the Sound Financial House, one of my foundations is getting a protection plan set up. And you were talking with Phil and you were just um, coming off claim or are you still on claim? Yeah, still on claim. You're still so on claim, are you? Okay. We were like, I think, yeah, the, the claim had started, we were a couple months into the claim. Right, yeah. 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 So I thought, uh, I said to Phil, I reached out and said, hey, can I one, chat with Lauren because I think, you know, she's listened to the podcast for some time. Um, I liked her story. I want to share her experience and even you talking about that pressing reset, pressing pause, Mm. so many people need to hear that. Mm. Like stop the hustle, everyone, chill out. And you had thankfully set up an income protection policy with Sky Wealth and it was the financial parachute that you ended up using. Mm. So talk to us about the nature of the illness, how it happened Hmm. and where we're at today. Yeah, so, um, yeah, long and short, long COVID. So, um, yeah, I got uh, sick with COVID. Uh, It was the first time I got it. Uh, It was Christmas Eve 2021. Mm. Um, Yeah, we knew it was coming because it was going through the workplace. Um, So I was just kind of waiting. Were you double vaxxed? I was double vaxxed, yeah, Yeah, double vaxxed, had my flu shot. Um, Like we were still wearing masks at work, Um, yeah. As cautious as I could be, young, fit, healthy. Vibrant. Vibrant. All that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just like in no way was I worried that I'd have long-term, you know, um, complications with it. But yeah, I just wasn't getting better. Tried once the acute phase was over. So I think I spent like two or three weeks at that point in uh, quarantine because it was, you know, back near the start. Yeah. Um, And you had to wait till you stopped having symptoms. And of course, I just didn't stop having symptoms. So... And were you still, were you, had you already transitioned to the practice management role? No. So I was, yes, um, basically just chewing up my sick leave, annual leave um, in stage management. I was living interstate in Sydney, an apartment by myself. So away from my family, my partner, Gosh. feeling wretched. Yeah, it was wow. pretty shit. Yeah. And then I started trying to go back to work. Um, felt a lot of fatigue um, and anxiety as well, which is, yeah, part of the fatigue, which I later learned, is it's like activates your fight flight response. Mm. So it's just you, your body is just all out of whack. Um, and then, sorry, no, that's getting not. mildly emotional. No, no, take take your time. Yeah. Um, just kept trying to push through, keep going, because you know we were short staff. You, we have like two covers if you're sick, so it's like, yeah, it's. Very much a culture of you go to work unless you're in hospital or vomiting, yeah, really. Wow. Um, or you book it in so far in advance and no one else is off sick. Mm. Yeah. So then uh, eventually finished up the contract because I realized I couldn't keep going. Mm. 
I had a doctor certificate to reduce my hours. So mm. typically I was doing 50 hour weeks, like six <laughs> days per week. Wow. Yeah, wild. Um, and then, yeah, and then I got a doctor certificate that said I could do like, you know, 10 to 20. So I spoke to my work about it, tried to put in firm boundaries, which were kind of listened to, but they were just so short staffed that they just had to keep asking if I could do more. Um, yeah. And for me as well, like I just had no work boundaries. So yeah. I found that really hard. But that's a lesson as well that oh, you'll never yeah. repeat, right? Absolutely. Never yeah. again. Yeah. And it's really moving forward. It's really empowered me to set those boundaries and to mm. say no, and just be really open with my um, workplace about that too. Mm which is great. So moving forward, like, yeah, I feel so much more supported. Mm. Um, and also that, you know, my health and well-being's just as important to them as to me. Totally. Yeah. And okay. So when you got sick in that December, how long before did you organize your income insurance mm. and why did you set that up? Yeah, so I tried setting it up in 2020 but was out of work. So I sure. had to, you know, put a pause on it. Um, it was just from listening to the podcast. Yeah, just listening to you talk about it. I kind of had, you know, the foundations as like a tick box. So yep. I went and got my will done. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm so proud that, I know. You, know, you know, that people actually do this important stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, because I, you know, looking forward into the future, like I want to buy a house at some point. I, you know, want to have kids. Mm. I may as well just get this in now, try and lock in some earlier premiums. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was just like, while I'm healthy and I don't really have any exclusions, I may as well do it. Totally. Do it now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay, so that would have been probably, uh, what, six months before? Yeah, about that. Yeah. Yeah, so I like, I'd been working um, with my employer for like a year before, um, you know, getting sick. So it was some point in that, yeah, at some point in 2021 yeah. that I got it yeah. um, all done and dusted. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And then what was the process like? Mm. Like did it ever click to mm. you that, hang on, I'm really sick mm. and can't work. This is an actual claimable event? Yeah, it took ages for me to get to that point. Mm. Um, I think because like it's such a, even just with COVID, long COVID in general, no one knew what, like what constituted it. Like mm. I went to doctors and they didn't really give a whole lot of advice or it was like, oh, wait and see. Um, and then also like the distinction between just the acute phase of COVID. So like when, you know, when you get your cold and flu symptoms to then when it's like, oh no, I've, this is a long-term illness. And even from then, like you keep thinking you're going to get better in a week mm. and it just doesn't really budge. Um, so you yeah. basically had long COVID for a year? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, been, about yeah, that. Yeah, it has. I had to, Gosh. I was like, oh, it's only been six months. No, it's been over a year. Yeah, far out. Yeah. So at what point did you realise that, oh, I've got mm. this insurance. I wonder if it would cover this event. Yeah, it was like probably around the seven month, eight month mark. Right. Where I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be long term. I think I'd like seen a um, integrative physio who I still do a lot of my treatment with. She gave a ballpark of like, it's probably going to take you to, you know, at least the end of the year to get better. Gosh. So then I was like, oh shit. Mm. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until my partner got made redundant that I was like, okay, I'm going to reach out to Phil, see mm. what we can do. Um, yeah. Wow. And I've actually got Phil here because he's, um, he introduced you to me. I might get him on the microphone soon mm. and just ask a bit about the mechanics and the technicalities. But how has it been for you receiving money from the insurance company mm. to replace your income because you can't work and you are yeah. sick? Yeah, so easy. Mm. Like even just the whole point of um, going to feel him um, – you know, getting the claims process Don't talk started. him up too much. It's not the oh, bloody field. Oh, he was field. so good. No, no. <laughs> he was so good. Quick response, like explained next steps. We, I kind of, we had a chat just to suss whether the claim was likely, what happens if the claim gets rejected, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, from there, like um, the company were really quick, the insurance company were really quick to get it all through the door. Was there much, like when you put the claim forms in, were you like sceptical, like, oh, as if they're going to do this? 
I was thinking I was feeling a lot better after talking to Phil. Right. Um, before that, it was like I was a bit sceptical just because of like the long COVID part. Like I know people with chronic fatigue, which was, you know, the thing that I liken my symptoms to the most. Mm. Um, that's a pre-existing illness. Um, that is such a grey area, so difficult to prove. Mm. Um, so I was a bit disheartened by that. But then also because I'd quit my job of my like own free will. Yeah. Um, and then, I, yeah, I wasn't sure where that stood because I, at that point I'd started a new job but it was different. Yeah, I think yeah. looking in it's like, oh, this person's quit their job yeah. and they're saying they're sick. Yeah. How are we going to make Absolutely. that a claim? But Absolutely. It's, yeah, right. So you, yeah. you entered a claim. Yeah, yeah. So I had a lot of paperwork to do. Um, yeah, I guess to prove the illness. Um, and, you know, I had to put in a lot of information about leaving my previous job, like um, submitting my, like, I submit my resignation letter, which fortunately I'd put in, like, due to health and well being, I need to quit. Yeah. So thanks, past Lauren, for that. I yeah. actually had to ask my old employer for a coffee because oh, I deleted wow. it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gosh. Um, yeah. Far out. And so you've basically been on income protection claim for what, coming up to a year? Yeah, I had a 90 waiting day period. So a 90 day wait. Yeah. Yep. yep. So it was from, yeah, from the day I fell ill from COVID, I think, um, the day of my COVID test. Yeah. Just mm. a question why mm. did you choose a 90 day waiting period? To get the premium down. Yeah. Um, I also had a like um, emergency account yeah, that I'd purposely got up to 90 um, days worth of like income. Yeah. Wow. So I was- So yeah. good. And that's what I usually tell people like set up your insurance. Mm. Once you get to an emergency buffer, then you can go back and go, okay, I can theoretically self-insure for the first 90 days, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And like, yeah, I had heaps of savings and then where, you know, because out of that, which I didn't really account for, Heaps of medical bills, like appointments and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, things I couldn't claim on Medicare, didn't have private health insurance. Wow. Because, um, you know, young, fit and healthy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like my partner definitely helped me out. Yeah. Um, you know, took some of the financial burden off. So yeah, it was when I think his financial security kind of stopped. Mm. Um, that's when, yeah, that's when I was like, okay, let's get this claim going. So with, you know, mm. I don't know if it's, I don't know if you can share it or not and I don't know if it will make the podcast but we just press pause because you get a bit overwhelmed mm, and mm. The, um, the anxiety and mm. the fatigue. Yeah. Like surely knowing that money was going to come in to help pay your bills, that would have helped with the anxiety so side of it. So much. It? Yeah. yeah, so much. Like, yeah, the worst things for you uh, in terms of long – uh, COVID, like in getting it in the first place and then also recovery is stress. Wow. Like the, I think the biggest predictors of who's going to get long COVID, uh, females, there's a certain age range, don't know, I don't think, I think I was mm. out of that anyway, mm. but also stress at the time of getting ill. Mm. Um, yeah. And I know like my recovery is really up and down. I have some good weeks, kind of, it's kind of a bit of a cycle. Um, like my energy will be really up, then I'll crash and have yep. to, you know, just chill out. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was taking the stress off was so much easier. It also, I think the biggest thing was I didn't feel um, pressure from that stress to go to work if I didn't feel well enough. Yeah. Because um, pacing's a big thing too. Like if you do too much, you're yeah. going to be in bed all day for the next week. Gosh. Mm. And when you, um, when you first took out the income protection insurance, like you said, you were doing it to kind of do the sound financial house or the foundations like debt-free, insurance, will, budget and all that. Did family or friends, if you mentioned that I've got mm. income insurance, was there any like, you don't need that? A any bit, of those comments? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, a bit from my parents more so because they don't have it. Like I think they interestingly, they've just started with a financial advisor. So like they do quite well. Yeah. So I assume they must've had a financial advisor to like help get to that point. But they're actually like kind of financially illiterate. Like yeah. so is mum and dad, but like good on you. But that's but, just the nature yeah. of society and information. And yeah. we now live in an age yeah. of the internet and podcasts. Yeah. And- I think, yeah, I think it's more people that I've spoken to, particularly my age, 
um, just have no idea that it's a thing. Mm. Um, like I've sent the, you know, the podcast episode that got me onto it. I forward that on to so many people mm. um, and telling them to get onto it. Like especially friends where I've spoken to, um, they get, you know, looking for houses, going into a mortgage. They know I listen to finance things. Mm. I'm up with the info. Yeah. And I think um, the good thing is yeah. like you factored that cost into your budget. So now when you're renting your own place or if you're saying yeah. not to buy your own house, the protection of your income is yeah. factored in. Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong, the premiums, like they're not cheap, but mm. it you just treat it like you would your car rego, all those other big, you know, annual bills mm. that you, if you've got a buffer, it'll fall into that. Like maybe just try and don't have it all due around the same time of year. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Mm. Smooth it out a bit. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just so happy that one... I think, yeah, philosophically, I'm glad that you've been through an experience this early in your life that's allowed you to step back and say, what the hell am I doing? I need to slow down. Like yeah. number one, like it, yeah. it sucks you got sick. Yeah, But absolutely. we all go through crap that we don't plan mm, for, right? Absolutely. And um, some of us go through worse things than others and all that mm. and it, it just sucks and no one's above any sickness, illness, disease, disability no one is above all that stuff but I think we can actually take some learnings if we can from certain yeah, things and glean perspective absolutely it's like more depressing if you don't you know try and find mm. some sort of uh, I guess silver lining I you know want to stay out of the toxic positivity realm with that like yeah. it's shit and it's okay to feel shit yeah um but also like I think there's always something to learn. There's always something good that can come out of, um, you know, really shitty times. Yeah. I'm, mm. I've, that was a new phase for me, toxic positivity. Yeah. Because for me, that's how I, um, one of my coping mechanisms, and if I'm guilty of saying it in the past, apologies, it's, there's no malice when I say silver linings and stuff, mm. but my own coping mechanisms when I've been through relatively bad times for myself, I always try and look at the bright side or, well, at least I've got this. Yeah, I do the same. I do the exact same thing. Yeah. I am um, so because I work with psychologists now. Oh, yes. One of them every yeah. time. Like, I mean, because I was working with them through a lot of this um, light crap stuff, like when my mm. partner was made redundant. Mm. Like, we had a meeting that morning and I was just bursting into tears. Anyway, uh, that's a bit of a sidetrack, mm. but. Um, he tells me off so much for like ending a complaint or like, you know, saying something sad about my life and being like, oh, but oh, well, at least it's this. Like I mm. scratched my car mm. the other day going to the car park at work and then I was like, oh, at least it's on a panel that already has a scratch. And he was, he just looks at me now and he's like, no, I think it's like great to look on the um, positive side, but I think it's also important to look at, let yourself feel the bad things. Yeah, and acknowledge that, um, oh, this yeah. is crap. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, let yourself feel the feels Yeah, and, and then move on. You know? And that was probably, yeah, because I don't like feelings and emotions. I try and steer away from them. Like, oh, you're depressed. Well, I don't, well, I can look at that I've got food tonight. Yeah, but, me too. But that was like for yeah. me with my depression, it helped me get to a point where I knew that there was something wrong because flipping the positivity bright side of it, I couldn't change my thought to get out of that puddle. I had mm. to accept that, no, I am depressed. Yeah. And that all the amount of posy vibes in the yeah. world wasn't going to change that. Absolutely. And like, um, you know, for me as well with my mental health, like, um, yeah, I started seeing a psychologist um, for some level of depression mm. before you know, in hindsight, it was probably me reaching burnout um, and I was just getting really um, emotional out of the blue. And I was like, oh, hang on, I'm eating healthy, I'm exercising, I'm socialising, like I'm doing everything I can to help my mental health. Mm. Why but, isn't it working? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it was just, it was because I was living my life so far away from what I actually needed and wanted. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's, I just think the whole values thing, and day in, day out, are you living to what your true north is? Mm. And I think the further you – and I, I did talk about it in the book and it's not really a plug for the book but buy it if you don't like it, sorry. The further your career or job is away from your true north, 
the less money you'll end up making because you're not going to be happy, you're not going to be engaged, you're not going to be dialed in. And as you've pointed out, the higher the chances of being down, being worn out, being burned out, being feeling used, being I've got to sing to this hymn sheet or whatever that I'm not vibing. Mm. Yeah, it'll it'll come out eventually. That's yeah. what I've learned. Yeah, yeah that's right. You can't run from yeah, it. Yeah, you squeeze mm. that tube long enough, something's yeah. going to pop. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's cool. Well, I'm I'm thankful that you shared the story about your life so far. Mm. It's been really cool. Mm. Anything else that you wanted to say just on the insurance side? So you're still on claim. So that means. Yeah. Yeah. So are you working at all? Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, almost back to full time. Yeah. So yeah, working, uh, you know, I started off, uh, I think it was in April. I was working like an hour or two a day, five days a week. So like 10 hours. And that was a lot mm. like just trying to get my like brain working through the brain fog. Um, not, you know, um, upsetting my fatigue symptoms as well. Gradually built that up. So I'm doing like 36-ish hours. So I think I want to try and get it up to 38, stop. Um, Yeah, so I've been earning throughout. So, you know, some weeks I won't have gotten anything from the claim. Um, But yeah, for me, I think it's important, particularly moving forward from this point, if I do have a week where I've just crashed, that support's still there. Yeah, so the claim's um, still open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's important to know that mm. it's not a binary yes or no. It sounds to me like you've been on what they call a partial claim. Yes, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. And like we've got a review coming up, I think, um, with the insurance company, um, you know, in the next month. So we'll have a chat, mm. see where I'm at, see where they're at. Um, and yeah, go, go from there. Yeah, mm. awesome. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for sharing a bit about your story and then just encouraging everyone to just to get your foundation set up because life can happen at any age. Yeah. And the good thing is as well, as long as you keep that policy in two years, three years time, if you were recovered and then you got COVID again, you could claim on it again for the same issue. There you go. So is that right, Phil? So Giddy up. Giddy up, as they say <laughs> in the classics. All right. Well, thanks, Lauren. Um, because Phil is here, because he introduced us, I might just um, get you to hand over to mm-hmm. Phil. And the reason, one of the reasons I wanted to do this episode is, you know, number one, I liked her story when I heard it. And then number two, when we did the census, the one of the top five money goals that people have in the My Millennial Money community or world is to actually set up income insurance. So it's the start of a year. This could be the tap on the shoulder you need. And if you've already got your insurance, it's a reminder why you keep it and why you have it there to protect the downside. So Phil Thompson from Sky Wealth, talk to us. Thanks for helping a heap of our listeners. No worries. So you've got a a team of advisors that help our listeners all over Australia. We can get to the process about, you know, how do we connect with you and all that crap. But with Lauren's case, and we won't give any state secrets away further than what Lauren's discussed for her Mm. own privacy, but if someone needs to make a claim, what's the process with them working with their advisor? Yeah, so um, for us, Lauren just sent us an email and just said, hey, this is what's going on. Um, and then I just responded and said, cool, let's get on the phone and have a chat. Um, one of the things that you guys kind of touched on already was um, Lauren mentioned mental health. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I did was look at the, the policy and there was no exclusion for mental health, which was great, except it kind of in my head set alarm bells to go, okay, because the policy had only been in force for, you know, I think it was nine months or less than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I went, we had a big chat like, hey, T- tell me everything about the mental health. And, and for Lauren, she moved up to Sydney, um, as, she, as she mentioned, spent some time away from family, some loved ones, so found it very difficult. And so that was after the policy was enforced. Yeah. So in my head, big tick to say this mental health condition had started after the policy was enforced. Yeah. So there was no issues around not disclosing, yep. not disclosing it and pre-existing issues. And then from then it was a matter of just communicating that income protection pays out if you can't work for any health reason. But the thing is like if there was a mental health exclusion on the policy, 
there would be a strong case for a, a long COVID claim anyway because of the fatigue. Yeah, yeah. Would, it, it would have gone through fine. But I, you know, just with disclosures, I always panic about any yeah. kind of non-disclosure. Just want to make sure there is no reason why the insurance company could ever decline the claim. Because because COVID and long COVID, you know, it is, you know, fatigue, very much fatigue. But, you know, there's mental health, you know, all wrapped together. Mm. Uh, mental health impacts everything in our lives. So um, I just wanted to tick everything off yeah. just to make sure there was and no issues. And it's no different than like you taking out a policy and be like, yeah, I've had no issues with my knees. And then three months later, you're on the soccer field and you bung your knee. Mm, like exactly. life happens, right? So first rule of thumb, and you know, there's a lot of clients of yours and other advisors that are listening to this. Any questions that you've got, if you have a health event or a medical event or an accident, just flick your advisor an email or a call and say, hey, can you guys see if this is something I can claim on? Yeah, exactly. And and that's why, yeah, for, for Lauren, it took, you know, six, seven months before sending the email. Um, because Lauren, you were working kind of part-time for, for a bit of time. You had a, a bit of time off, but you were also kind of trying to find work on and off. Mm. And so that was where, you know, you probably didn't think, well, I'm, I'm kind of doing some part-time work, so I may not need a you know, claim on it. Okay, so on that, you've put in a claim form did you tell the insurer and Lauren tell the insurer about when the actual waiting period started and what's, did they pay back pay? Yeah, yeah, they pay. They just calculated, you know, when when did you have it, you know, plus the, uh, the waiting period yeah. and then working out. And, and that's kind of what Lauren spent a long time <laughs> getting getting financials to go, how much did I earn throughout these period of times and, and really like, you know, what, was, what did that look like? And then, yeah, it all so got back paid. The quote unquote pre disability earnings over those, well, just for argument's sake, nine months, pre disability earnings was X. Lauren only earned Y because she couldn't work full time. They plugged the gap up to 75% of pre disability earnings. Correct. Okay, cool. Well, that would have been a nice gift. Uh, a bit of her. Well, yeah, and I mean, Lauren can talk more to this, but but the idea of just going, ah, oh, it's, it's not the pressure of like, you know, if I can't work at all, if I can do ten hours, great. The insurance company wants you to do that, not because they get to pay you less, but because mm. it kind of helps your your work. But also, if you can't work, just stop. Just yeah. Be you know, take some time, and and especially for fatigue symptoms, it's really important to take your time. And so it kind of gives that flexibility and the comfort, knowing that when I can work, I'll work. When I don't, when I can't, for health reasons, I won't work. So your clients, when, so you help facilitate the claim where possible. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll always start. We'll always answer questions about kind of you know, is is a condition claimable? Is it not? We'll always assist the yep. the starting of the claim for sure. Yeah, right. And then. Like what happens when the claim ceases with the policy? Well, it depends on the, the types of policies, sure. but income protection, uh, as soon as you're not on claim, you, you start paying your premiums. So with income protection, you're either getting paid or you're paying. So if there's a partial claim, is it still a premium waiver while you're yeah. on even a partial claim? Yeah. Okay, so for those months, you weren't paying any claim. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. The, I mean, even better because Lauren, you know, for for some of the income protections, you know, annual premiums. Mm. So you're kind of prepaying ahead. Yeah, true. And then you just get refunded the premiums as well. So yeah. you get your claim plus as a section of the line item saying, well, you've kind of prepaid this premium. So they give it back to you. Yeah. So you don't pay while you're on claim. Correct. And so once everything gets back to normal, you would continue to pay your premium the next year. Yeah. And I think I alluded it to before because the policy was put in place prior to any of these conditions, you can still claim on that condition as long as you've got the policy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Lauren, Lauren's policy was what we called in jargon standard rates, yeah. no exclusions, no loading. So in the future, if we try to replace the policy or move or anything, there'd be issues. Mm. Then a new insurer would say, hey, we're you know, going to put an exclusion on for COVID yeah. and we're going to put an exclusion on for mental health condition. Yeah. Um, but you know, now the policy is already in force. Um, any claim in the future is claimable. But the I think the key differentiation, if Lauren calls you in two years' time and says, hey, Phil, I've just had a $50,000 pay rise, she can still increase her policy, but... There, there may be exclusions on that. On the increased portion. Yeah. So if Lauren got sick from COVID again in three years' time and her income had increased, there will be a portion of that policy that you've applied for after the fact that will have an exclusion, but they will not take away the standard policy that you already had prior to the event. Exactly, yeah. The insurance company can never cancel that policy yep. either. They're, they're on the hook, the insurance company yeah. is. Yeah, cool. 
That's awesome, Phil. Um, anything else that you think people might need to know in relation to Lauren's claim with, you know, knowing that you've got her permission here? Um, well, first of all, thank you for giving me the permission without asking. Um, so, I, I guess, you know, the, the thing is just just reach out um, to your advisor. If an advisor set it up, just reach out. If you've got any health concerns, any questions, because, so, you know, as you touched on, if we increase it in the future, there's there's concerns. But within the policy, there are some funky kind of features and benefits that, you know, bells and whistles where we can increase it by a certain percentage without underwriting. Mm-hmm. So under certain life events, babies, you know, um, purchasing of houses, we can potentially increase the cover to a high level without having those kind of exclusions. Yeah, right. Cool. Well, there we go. So, if you do want to have a review of your existing policies or perhaps you're just starting out and you're new to all this money stuff, I teach to have four sound foundations in your sound financial house. Number one, cashed up and debt-free, no consumer debt and emergency fund. Lauren had that. Awesome. Number two, a spending plan or budget. Lauren had that. She's awesome. Number three, a personal protection plan. Lauren got that. It saved her butt. And number four, wills and estate plan. Lauren sorted that. She's the poster child of the Sound Financial House. Yeah, and the and the other thing that, that was great about Lauren is we started the process, got insurance, we'll try to get insurance halfway through the application, got made redundant, so, you know, we can't get the cover in place. Mm. And so most people are like, oh, all too hard, that was a difficult process, I'll put that aside and I'll do it one day and five years later they still don't have any cover in place. But mm. the great thing was Lauren, you know, once she had secured more work, um, came back around and said, hey, we're ready to go now and, and we were able to pick it up and and we had to do the whole process again, a whole new application and everything. But most people, if things get too hard, they just kind of leave it aside. Um, but, you know, Lauren didn't. And then within, you know, I think seven months of the policy being in place is claiming on the cover. Yeah, amazing. Well, you can go to sky.com.au forward slash MMM. Um, reach out to Phil and his team. Just quickly, what's the process if someone reaches out? Can you just have a bit of a chat with them? Yeah, first? yeah. So you just book in a fifteen-minute phone call with um, you know one of the advisors in the team or, or myself, depending on you know the time in which you pick. And then it's just a fifteen-minute chat, and then we just talk about what we do, our process, um, and then the next steps from there is really if you want us to help you, we start off with an insurance proposal, which we charge a, a fee for. And then um, we have a meeting with the advisor to go through the insurance proposal. Lauren went through it twice um, to, to the first time and then the rejection and then the second time. And then, you know, from that proposal, we basically say, hey, this is the level of cover we think you need and the types of policies. This is kind of any health concerns that you may, you know, face with an application. And then this is the cost of the cover. Mm. And people either say, yep, happy with it all and go ahead with the cover. We can change the quote because at the end of the day, you know, I don't um, pay anyone's premium. So Lauren, as, as we mentioned, we recommended a 30-day waiting period and Lauren said, actually, happy to save a bit of money. Mm. And then we just change it and we go ahead with the application. Or the third option is people just um, decide not to go out. Now, the thing is, if um, Lauren does want to go back to a 30-day waiting period, she would have a... 60-day exclusion for long COVID and mental health. Yeah, yeah, it'd be, it'd be more difficult to yeah. to go back and Not change it. Not impossible. Yeah, Ralph Wiggins. Yeah, Maple <laughs> probably put it in post. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's a great thing to to have that. So yeah, you'll have a chat with people, anyone, and then you can if they go, yeah, we want to go ahead or not go ahead. Your team can help or I'll. That's right. I mean, um, we basically we basically review anyone's existing cover. We make a recommendation of what we think is important and why we think it, and then people either decide, yeah, happy to go ahead with insurance or, or not, and we go through the whole process of getting it all in place. Yeah, so it's basically very similar to a mortgage broker, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we just charge a, a small fee up front. Yeah. Um, so after like fifteen minute phone call, we don't charge for that. Mm. Um, but then if people do decide to go ahead with the insurance proposal, it's uh, at the moment it's three hundred and thirty dollars for individuals and four hundred ninety five dollars um, for couples. And then yes, if they do go ahead with the policies and get it in place, they just pay the premiums, and the insurance company pays us a commission. Yeah. Now people might be saying, well. I don't want to do that because you might just put me with the one insurer so you're paid more money. Yes, you people do who say that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, look, the insurers pay the, the same. It's all legislated. Um, so, the, 
that is standardized. So, you know, if we recommend an insurance company with higher premiums, yes, we get technically get paid more. Um, but in our proposal document, we actually show you uh, a full list of premium comparisons. So, right. if we're recommending a more expensive insurer. There's a reason. There's a reason. And we show you the underwriter's notes as to why, you know, insurer A is putting an exclusion on, but insurer B, who's more expensive, is not putting the Yeah, so someone might have to pay more um, with a company that will cover them for a family history of breast cancer, but the cheapest insurer would just cover them it. without an exclusion. Yeah, well, I mean, with an exclusion. I mean, even even better, there are insurers who, if you know, breast cancer is a great example. If if your mum was over age forty, there's one insurer who will offer you cover without any exclusions. Wow. Or loadings, but everyone else will just exclude breast cancer. Um, you know, if your mum was over fifty, then there are more options, and if you, your mum was over sixty, then you pretty much can can go with anyone. Yeah. Um, and so we, you know, at, at Sky, what we do is we prefer to recommend an insurer that's going to offer kind of more offering and not put the exclusion on, mm. and we just say it's going to cost you more. And but but here's the insurer who's going to exclude it. Here's the you know reason why. Yeah, the so you will empower it. your clients with enough information to make their own decision. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And mo- I mean, look, most people who've gone through that in their family choose to pay more um, for it. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's their money; they can choose. Yeah. No, I, I like it. I look at a lot. Well, Phil, thanks so much. No worries. Thanks for introducing me and us to Lauren. Thank you. Thanks, Lauren. Cheers. Sweet. All right. Sky.com.au forward slash MMM. Have a chat with Phil. And hey, if you um, if you got a lot out of this episode, throw up a message in the Facebook group. Are you in the Facebook group? Yeah, Lauren's in the Facebook group. Throw up a message and say, I liked hearing that. Great job. Great job. Well done. That was good, actually. I was sitting here listening the whole time. Well done. Hmm. Sweet. All right, friends. Bye. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports a variety of charities, and we encourage you to consider giving as part of your overall financial strategy. If you would like some giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to mymillennial.money forward slash charities for more info. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.